providing timely, relevant content to providers who care for children. Welcome to Pediatrics in Practice, presented by Children's Mercy Kansas City. Here's Dr. Michael Smith. Bariatric surgery is becoming more widely available for kids, and Children's Mercy is leading the way. This is Transformational Pediatrics, the podcast from Children's Mercy. I'm Dr. Mike. Let's talk with Dr. Jason Fraser. He's a pediatric surgeon and director of bariatric surgery at Children's Mercy. Dr. Fraser, tell us a little bit about the obesity epidemic that we are experiencing right now. Uh, Yeah, so obesity, unfortunately, is becoming much more common uh, in the children and adolescent age group. Uh, Even a couple years ago, the CDC used to publish stats that the uh, obesity epidemic was about one in six children. Now it's up to one in five, so it's about 20% Mm. of children across the United States are now uh, considered obese. Unfortunately, the fear is that that's going to continue to rise uh, as we grow as a society. They also have the secondary health effects that come along with it, too, that you see in adults. Right. So, so what is the um, what's the official definition of obesity in an adolescent? Is it do we go by the BMI like we do with adults? Yes. Yeah, so we do look at the BMI like we do in adults. Um, the we also look at the uh, percentile uh, weight because in BMI in adolescents and children isn't always perfect, and so we look mm-hmm. at the percentile percentage of the ninety fifth percentile. Uh, A BMI of 40 in an adult correlates to about 140% of the 95th percentile, and a BMI of 35 in an adult correlates to about 120% of the 95th percentile in in, an adolescent. So we look at both those, uh, both the BMI and the percentile uh, range uh, in adolescents and children. Tell us a little bit about how Children's Mercy decided to offer bariatric surgery. So... The process that went into this is we noticed that there was a very large uh, unmet need uh, in the community and in the region. Uh, Obviously, like we had talked about, the obesity epidemic uh, is running rampant, unfortunately, among uh, children uh, in in America. Uh, And we saw uh, that there was children that were getting uh, larger and having medical issues that were not being met with just uh, medical weight loss therapy alone. Uh, We saw that a good percentage of our patients at our hospital uh, had obesity and obesity-related complications, uh, and therefore we sought to look for different treatments that could help them. Uh, And at at that point, we uh, started to explore bariatric surgery uh, as one of those treatments. And so what is the goal then of the program? The goal of the program is to treat uh, patients and parents in a holistic way uh, to help them live their healthiest life possible. Uh, That includes uh, diet and exercise, but also includes medical weight loss therapy, social work, uh, nutrition, uh, exercise physiology, and then ultimately uh, surgery. And the goal of surgery is to equip them with uh, an opportunity to transform their life and to develop healthy uh, eating, healthy exercise, uh, but also develop a healthier life overall uh, spearheaded by weight loss surgery. And what types of bariatric surgery are you performing at Children's Mercy? So we do exclusively the laparoscopic sleeve gastrectomy. It's an operation that's done through five small incisions, uh, and about two-thirds or three-quarters of the stomach is is removed laparoscopically. Uh, There are other options out there, but the most common operation that's done uh, across the nation for adults and for adolescents at this point is the laparoscopic sleeve gastrectomy, and that's the one that we do here. 
Now, I know um, a lot goes into the workup uh, for the surgery itself, that, that, and, and there are things that the patient and the family have to accomplish before actually moving on to the surgery. So tell us a little bit about the requirements for surgery and what it's, what it's like um, for the patient leading up to surgery. Uh, yeah, that's a very good uh, question, a very good point, because the operation itself uh, is uh, one that we have to do a lot of uh, front work, too, to be able to get the patients ready for an operation. Usually they'll come see me or come see our medical weight loss uh, doctors uh, as an initial entrance into the program. Uh, but like every other center out there, we uh, need them to go through a significant period of testing, but also through uh, at least six months of medical weight loss therapy uh, in order to uh, figure out if they're ready for an operation, but also to make sure uh, that they are emotionally and physically ready for, for the operation. And so we, we use the same criteria that every, uh, pretty much every other program uses across the country, uh, which includes at least six months of medical weight loss therapy. And like I said, that gives us time to figure out if there are other co- mm-hmm. medical comorbidities that we need to address first. But it also allows the patients and the parents time to figure out what their relationship is with each other, with their relationship with food, uh, to uh, make sure that they are uh, so- socially ready, financially ready for, for an operation. We also have uh, patients and parents here, um, exercise physiologists, our social workers, uh, as well as our, our psychologists, because we want to determine, first of all, are there any other underlying um, uh, psychological issues that may be there, like anxiety or depression, because we don't want those to uh, become to a head after an operation. We want to make sure that patients and parents are well, uh, patients are well treated uh, before an operation for those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also want to help people realize their relationship with food, because uh, we want to realize what they're taking in before an operation so we can help guide that in the right direction, prepare them for an operation, but also help optimize what they're going to be eating after an operation. And all those kind of things take a lot of time uh, because there are big changes that need to happen before an operation so that the even bigger changes and even bigger, bigger successes can happen after an operation. Yeah. You know, in adults, um, I, I'm pretty sure... Uh, leading up maybe maybe a month into the surgery, they they put the patient on a, a very low carbohydrate diet. Do you do you do the same thing with the adolescent patients? We try to make some similar diet changes as soon as we can with their program. We examine what they're what they're eating right away, and we try to make get them to eat a more healthy, more uh, almost a bariatric diet before the operation if we can. That's not always possible or, or successful. Uh, immediately before an operation, five days before an operation, our patients go on a purely liquid diet uh, with the mm, okay. caveat of one, that's going to be the diet they're going to be on postoperatively for about two weeks. Number two, it also helps make sure the stomach is empty and uh, make sure the stomach is a little bit thinner and more pliable for an operation, but also helps make sure that the liver, which sits on top of the stomach during the operation, is a little bit smaller and a little more pliable and better able to tolerate an operation. In, in the adolescent population, what's the recovery like? So the recovery uh, is usually fairly quick, which is nice because the operation is done through, like I said, the fall, the five small laparoscopic incisions. Most people are in the hospital about one to three days. The thing that guides their hospital stay postoperatively is uh, pain and nausea, which is usually fairly minimal on both ends. Uh, but then they need to be able to take uh, a certain amount of liquid in postoperatively so they are safe and able to stay hydrated post-op uh, going home. And so once they're able to meet those criteria, then they're able to go home. Activity-wise in the hospital, they're up and moving right away because we want to make sure that they are uh, ambulatory and mobile to try to decrease the risk of any uh, blood clots in their lungs or their legs uh, or pneumonias or any other issues. 
Anybody eating early also helps with nausea a lot. Uh, we try to do, to do uh, enhanced recovery protocols with minimizing uh, narcotics and things like that that really help speed their post-operative recovery. Uh, pain-wise, is that usually fairly minimal? They Usually they need very minimal uh, post-operative narcotics, uh, and that helps uh, actually with them a lot. Uh, they're back to normal activity in one to two weeks, uh, barring uh, patient condition and patient tolerance. Uh, but most people feel uh, that have had similar operations, that it's similar recovery uh, to getting their gallbladder out done laparoscopically. You know, looking at it from, from the long-term perspective, what kind of results have you experienced uh, with bariatric surgery, and in, in specifically the, the, the adolescent population? Sure. So uh, we have seen uh, various results. Most of our results are showing patients lose a significant amount of weight. Uh, globally, in the 10, 15-year studies, uh, most of those studies are showing in adolescents that uh, patients lose about a third of their overall weight uh, or about 60 to 65% of their excess body weight. Uh, we are seeing similar results uh, with our patients as well. Um, some patients lose more, some patients lose less. So that's developed based on uh, patient personality, adherence to the diet, also body type uh, and social, uh, social, st- social issues as well. But uh, we see varied uh, outcomes, but most of our outcomes have been very good. And most of our patients and parents have been very satisfied with the operation. You know, so a lot of our, our listeners, Dr. Fraser, are uh, p- uh, general pediatricians, g- general practitioners, nurse practitioners. You know, they are seeing more and more obese patients right, on, a day, on a daily basis. Is, do you have any advice for how they can best manage uh, those those patients and 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 if they are uh, a candidate for bariatric surgery, how do they? What's the process for for them get to get that patient hooked up with a specialist like yourself? So I think the second question is a little bit easier one to to answer. So I'll answer that one first. Uh, I, I myself and I think most bariatric surgeons and most physicians who are involved in weight management will always tell primary practitioners to refer the patients early and refer them often. Um, we are always happy to see them, to get the ball rolling, to have those discussions uh, with the patients and their families uh, about uh, medical weight loss therapies, whether it is surgery or not surgery. And so uh, referrals of patients that are starting to be concerning, that even if they don't necessarily meet every criteria for an operation that uh, we've talked about, but I think, um, I think early referrals are, are, are very key. The, the hard mm-hmm. thing is, I definitely think from the primary care providers who are seeing a significant increase in uh, obese patients is not only trying to do diet and exercise counseling, but also trying to uh, figure out a way to have those discussions in a very limited amount of time, uh, time visit time. And so I think mm-hmm. being able to support patients and being able to uh, have those discussions uh, with uh, parents over and over again and, and patients over and over again. Uh, early on uh, with planting the seeds of possible need for uh, escalating care to medical weight loss physicians or surgeons uh, is something that's always possible. Uh, and those discussions can be difficult, uh, and mm-hmm. but they need to be honest and they need to talk about the potential uh, short and long-term implications of uh, severe obesity. And if those are, and even if they can be difficult, we're always happy to have those discussions too right. uh, or in support of our, our primary physician colleagues. You know, in summary, what would you like people to know about bariatric surgery? I think people should know that bariatric surgery is safe. Uh, I think it's they should know that it's very effective. Uh, it has a very low side effect profile, uh, and especially in adolescents where it can be kind of viewed as kind of scary 
uh, it actually most adolescents do very well with the operation and lose a significant amount of weight. Um, my perspective on this is that patients that are severely obese uh, have a very significant disease. Um, one that you know we might be able to say, okay, you know, if a patient had a cancer, you would do everything you can to try to try to fix that and prevent their ultimate sick away from cancer. Well, I think we should do the same thing and have the same view of obesity. Uh, and so if we have treatments out there, such as uh, weight loss surgery, we should offer that to patients, especially if they're safe and they're effective, which uh, you know, medical weight loss surgery or, med- or with uh, weight loss surgery is uh, mm-hmm. in, in adolescents and children. Excellent summary. That's Dr. Jason Fraser. He's the director of bariatric surgery at Children's Mercy. Thanks for checking out this episode of Transformational Pediatrics. Please visit childrensmercy.org to get connected with Dr. Fraser or another provider. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and be sure to check out the entire podcast library for topics of interest to you. And be sure to check back soon for the next podcast. I'm Dr. Mike. Thanks for listening.